Another all whistling episode of the Sunday Morning Hangover. I am your host, the Reverend Mark Time. I missed you last week, but I did see a lot of you at the Eugene Record Convention. Boy, was that a blast, huh? We had fun. Thank you for coming up and saying hi to me at my table. And, uh, it's really good to connect the voices with the faces. All right. So, like I told you today, all whistling records. Yeah. Why? Well, I know a lot of you out there have the blues this morning. And as you know, this show is Breakfast Without the Blues. We try to cheer you up. And a lot of you have the blues because, well, yesterday was Valentine's Day. And not everybody, I'm sorry, not everybody can have a Valentine. Really. There's only so many Valentines to go around. So we're going to try to whistle our blues away. Now hang in there with me, okay? Just hang in there. I know it, it might seem a little bit much, but you'll be surprised at the wide range of whistling recordings, things about whistling, the definitions, the types of whistling, and songs about whistling that there are out there. So, sit back, relax, grab that cup of tea that's whistling on the pot on the stove, and... Listen to the Sunday morning hangover. Thank you. 
know that song in another version whistle while you work hitler is a jerk mussolini bit his hmm now it doesn't work remember that one <laughs> dedicated to you craig lab from snap crackle and pop thanks for being my first caller today sister jean doing the john coltrane classic <laughs> yes this woman is a nun appropriate for sunday morning these are a few of my favorite things. These whistling songs we heard. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs soundtrack. Whistle While You Work. Art Coates, the Lawrence Welk theme song. Bubbles in the Wine. And Jan Lindblad. Oh, what a beautiful morning it is, yeah. Here on the Sunday Morning Hangover, dedicated to you, DJ Mandy. Let's talk about whistling, shall we? Human whistling is the production of sound by means of expelling and sometimes inhaling a stream of air through the mouth. The air is moderated by the tongue, lips, teeth, or fingers to create turbulence, and the mouth acts as a resonant chamber to enhance the resulting sound, thus acting as a type of 
Heimholtz resonator. Hmm. Whistling can also be produced by the hands using an external instrument such as a whistle or even a blade of grass or a leaf. Did you ever do that? Take a blade of grass and whistle with it? The ability to whistle is quite unpredictable and possibly enabled by a genetic trait. Now, there are different types of whistling, folks. Listen closely. You can either pucker up, or you could use the roof of your mouth, or palatial whistling, or you could put your fingers in your mouth, or you can use your bottom lip, pinching the center of the bottom lip and sucking in rather than blowing out. That's how I whistled my Montovani theme this morning. Hand whistling, where air is blown from the mouth into the hand, the cupped hands. Throat whistling, which air is blown through the throat with the mouth closed. Teeth whistling, where air is blown through the gap in the central incisors. Yeah. I bet you didn't know that much about whistling, did you? Yeah. But you know, when I'm feeling bad, it always is good to whistle. And also when I'm afraid. Did you ever notice that when you're in a crowd hanging with a bunch of people, People start whistling because they're nervous. They're a little bit fearful. Yes, why do we whistle? Have you ever been at work and you were in, say, close quarters with somebody and they started just kind of whistling or they're going down the hall whistling while they work? A lot of it's about fear. A lot of it's about being afraid. And this next track is dedicated to you, DJ Bambi, for reminding me how great it was. Whenever I feel afraid, I hold my head erect and whistle a happy tune so no one will suspect I'm afraid. While shivering in my shoes, I strike a careless pose and whistle a happy tune and no one ever knows I'm afraid. The result of this deception is very strange to tell For when I fool the people I fear I fool myself as well I whistle a happy tune And every single time The happiness in the tune Convinces me that I'm not afraid Make believe you're brave And the truth will take you far You may be as brave Thank you. 
is a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. So 
里哆发瑞嗦嗦哆，哆咪发西瑞西咪，发哆发发瑞嗦嗦，哆咪哆发西瑞西咪，发哆发发瑞嗦嗦哆，咪嗦啦瑞发瑞嗦，哆咪哆发瑞嗦嗦，咪嗦啦瑞发瑞嗦，哆咪哆发瑞嗦嗦哆。It's the whistling of Fred Lowry, who you will hear more of. He、uh, is one of the premier American whistlers. He sort of went from jazz whistling standards, and later, when he was born again, he ended up doing a lot of religious albums. Before that, we heard Jack Zimmerman Solfeggio, which you might remember from the Ernie Kovacs show on TV. You wouldn't remember. That's going way too far back. Before that, Bobby McFerrin, "Don't Worry, Be Happy," and and a gentleman called. I'm not going to mention your name, but it was such a poignant story. He said his sister, when her his sister was going into chemotherapy, she would whistle that song. That was her song. She's no longer with us. Started out with "The King and I," whistle a happy tune with Deborah Carr, actually the voice of Marnie Nixon. Deborah Carr didn't sing well enough. Marnie Nixon did a lot of singing on a lot of soundtracks. Who else would have all this information crammed into his stupid head? But me, the Reverend Mark Time, here on the Sunday Morning Hangover, all whistling show. A few more facts about whistling. A whistle tone is primarily a simple oscillation, sine wave, produced in the resonant chamber. Thus, timbral variations are slight. The pitch can be altered by changing the volume and shape. Usually by using the tongue, but some people have duotone whistling, where the lips and tongue are combined to produce two tones at once. You could do duets all by yourself. Isn't that amazing? It's also possible to whistle and hum at the same time. One of the most prolific hum whistlers is A. J. Johnson, who of, of England, who's appeared in a number of British plays, doing that with a live orchestra. Loud whistling is a non-musical type of whistling that is used to indicate both satisfaction and displeasure at sporting events, political rallies, etc. Also, for calling dogs, flagging down taxis, and alerting bus passengers in India, the sound can go very far. It can be made in a number of ways. A lot of people do it with fingers, but you can do it without. And one for the ladies here: a specific type of whistling that you hate called. Wolf whistling, which can denote physical attractiveness, 
to the one being whistled at. You've probably heard. Though it's frequently heard in cartoons and films, it's now considered very poor manners. The wolf whistle. Yeah. I'm going to play a song now. Probably the most popular whistling song you've ever heard. It's been played over and over again on the TV. Maybe you know what it is.
As we listen to Toots Thielman, Toots Thielman's track called "Big Boy," <laughs> I think it's my theme song. <laughs> Anyways, the Beach Boys whistle in before that. Yeah, from Smiley Smile. Is that the one Beach Boys whistling record? Who knows? Jan Tromp before that beautiful Isle of Somewhere, and the Andy Griffith. Theme song, yeah, everyone knows that one. I think Andy Griffith's show jumped the shark when they went into color episodes, or maybe it was when Goober joined the cast and Jim Neighbors left the cast. I don't know. Here we go. Yeah, Toot Steelman's known for his guitar playing and harmonica playing, but really an expert whistler. Yes, whistling can be musical. There's a lot of performers on the music hall and vaudeville circuits that were professional whistlers, most notably Ronnie Rinaldi and Fred Lowry. We're going to be playing some songs by them. Pucker whistling is the most common form of whistling in Western music. By the way, all this info comes off, of course, the incredible Wikipedia site. Yeah. The term Pucalo. <laughs> Puchalo, excuse me, refers to jazz whistling. Man, we could go on and on and on. But what I'm going to play now is, this is a birthday dedication to my friend Marge down in Pasadena. And you might remember, if you're into old radio shows, you might remember this one. Signal Oil Program, The Whistler. Famous Go Farther Gasoline invites you to sit back and enjoy another strange story by The Whistler. Hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, 
I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. And now for the Signal Oil Company, the Whistler's strange story. Breakaway. Stone was a big man, presenting a formidable appearance. It would seem as if he would be capable of standing up to almost anything. In some men, there's the will to do that. But in others, there's an instinct to run, to take the easy way out.
you know, uh, whistling has many moods, many themes. This one's from the movie Kill Bill. Kill Bill, Volume 2, soundtrack, Ennio Morricone, called La Rina. Yeah, good stuff. And I forget the name. I forgot who it was. It was my friend Tim Sutton that knew the name of the whistler on all those Ennio Morricone records. You know, all those spaghetti westerns, lots of whistling. Maybe we'll play a little bit later. Hey, thanks, Noah, for the suggestion on the Bob Crosby record, but I don't have it. Before that, we heard Happy Whistler by Don Robertson. Marka Sawena, When Allah Came, and we started out with The Whistler. This is the Reverend Mark Time whistling a happy tune for you here on the Sunday Morning Hangover. It's all whistling records and dedicated to all you lovebirds out there that got jilted or whose valentines just didn't show up or who just didn't have a valentine yesterday. Remember, you are your own valentine. We're going into a segment now on one whistler, Fred Lowry. We'll be talking about Fred Lowry, and he's my favorite whistler because he was blind. You know the Reverend Mark Time has had 14 eye operations. I almost went blind at one point. I could relate to this guy, Fred Lowry, the most successful and greatest of all whistlers. He lost his sight at the age of two as a result of complications from scarlet fever. With an artificial right eye and limited vision in his left, Fred Lowry was legally blind, but not totally blind. At the age of seven, he entered into Texas school blind in Austin. His first experience whistling came when he was cheered on by his students to demonstrate his talent for Ernest Nichols, who'd come to the school to perform, fighting off a severe case of stage fright. Fred whistled through two A Wild Rose and two more classics without a miscue. Walking off stage, Nichols told Fred's music teacher that someday Fred would be the world's greatest whistler. Within a few years, Fred Lowry joined WFAA variety show Early Birds. He became known as the Texas Redbird, and he was off to New York where he paid his dues, spending a lot of time without jobs. Even a stint on the Rudy Valley show failed to attract interest. That all changed when Clarabelle Walsh, a multimillionaire widow, arranged for Fred to audition for Vincent Lopez. That was Fred's big break. He also got an offer with Horace Height, who passed up the loyalty to the man who'd given him the first chance. But six months later, the Lopez band moved to a swank Broadway supper club, the Casa Manana. The club's operator, Billy Rose, said, People don't want to see a blind guy whistling when they're eating dinner. Not long after, Height, who had just opened at the Biltmore Hotel, called Fred and invited him to whistle during the supper program. The single number, The World is Waiting for the Sunrise, stopped the show. After the cheering, Fred heard the club owner say, You're hired.
The Whistling of Fred Lowry, which we just heard. This is a song called Going Home. Before that, we heard a song called Whistleitis. The William Tell Overture by Fred Lowry. Dancing Tambourine by Fred Lowry. And Moon Over Monocura by Fred Lowry. Like I said, the blind whistler. He had a number of different careers. He, he appeared in a movie called Pot of Gold in 1941, a movie that Jimmy Stewart called the worst movie ever made. He also teamed up with singer Dorothy Ray, and they built their numbers into an act of their own, giving shows at veterans, hospitals, and rehab centers. Yeah, Fred Lowry. What a guy. This is the Sunday Morning Hangover with the Reverend Mark Tyne. Focusing on whistling, we're going to get into some contemporary whistling a little bit later, thanks to, I think it was Brother Love the Call, talk about a movie called The International Whistling Competition. And also reminded me that I did not bring with me the Bridge Over the River Kwai soundtrack, which has 